And we're back, guys, in the zone. Game seven from last week. We needed to have this marinate a little bit because, you know, we got caught up in our feelings, as Drake says. But <laughs> another year, third straight game seven in six years. Toronto lost. Boston <sighs> went 5-1. What you guys think of the way Mike Babcock coached this team? What you think of the way they played? What do you think the Leafs do going forward? I think a lot of people are uh, shitting on Babs recently. I mean, like, he's up in a few years, don't re-sign him, and everyone's just... It was the same thing with Gardner last year, Game 7. Like, let's just take a couple weeks, let's all relax, let's think it through thoroughly. I will say, in uh, late in the third, I did not like <laughs> how Boston put out their fourth line. He's like, oh, well, I have to match. I got to oh, throw out my fourth line. But, like, we're down by two goals. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens when the other coach out coaches the other one. When he's getting in his head and saying, I have to play this fourth line. I have to play this third line. I, you could say what you want about Patrick Marlowe. Love him. Hall of Famer, probably. At this stage in his career, you have no right to be playing 18 minutes in a game seven. Maybe 2013 with the Sharks, yeah, but not now. I love him, but why the hell did Austin Matthews, a 40-goal scorer in his rookie year, arguably already the best player on the team, why did he play five minutes in the third period when you're down two goals? Because he wasn't on the fourth line. Yeah. But, that's, but that, that is why guys are shitting on Mike Babcock. Of little things like that. You got you have the the one person I have to give credit to the most is Patrice Bergeron. He shut down John Tavares the whole series. Now people were saying to me, "Oh, John Tavares sucked. He did nothing." When you kind of look at it, he was actually pretty damn good defensively. He did his role. It's just it wasn't an offensive role. That's why we needed guys like Marner, Matthews. Matthews did step up. He had five goals in the last four games. It was a shame he didn't get one in Game 7. It's because he didn't damn play enough. And guys like Janssen and Kapanen, I love them, but they're inconsistent. They're not at that level yet where they can put up a goal every game. Like They're not that reliable yet. So not playing Matthews in the third period, and just the Bergeron line just shut down the Marner and Tavares line when it mattered. So I got to give credit to that line. They're called the best line in hockey for a reason. They do their job very well, but... Again, Babcock, I thought he just did not do a good job in this game. I was saying all series when they were down or when it was tied, try and change up the lines. Like at least one person, like try and change it up. Didn't change it all series. The only change came after game one when they he had to force a change because Nazem Kadri once again throws him out of the series. So I don't know why he didn't do any changes. Now, come to think of it, now we knew that Zach Hyman was playing with a torn ACL. I could kind of see that now because I think I said to you, game six, that guy did nothing. He didn't hit, did nothing. So that game three and on, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like he was playing more than Austin Matthews in a game seven. So, yeah. Mike Babcock. He looks okay for him out there. Yeah. He said he was getting better. And then after everyone was <laughs> clapping, it's like, oh, laughing, but... You said he's getting better. Don't you have a medical staff to say, no, he's not? You see all these crippling up and down the ice? Now, another another name that I have to throw out there, Don Cherry. Don Cherry, I love him. I've watched him for so many years, since I was like three years old. But you can't be coming out here and saying that the Leafs deserved Game 7. He said that the Leafs deserved Game 7. And I'm watching this whole game. I'm a Leaf fan. 
he's a Bru- he's a Bruins fan. Don Cherry grew up. He you know he coached Bobby or he mentions it like every other every, coach's yeah. corner, whatever. He said the Leafs deserve this game. When you look at it, they had what a solid ten minutes in the game in the second, maybe the whole second period, if I'm being generous. But the third period, they didn't show up. Am I am I wrong? They did not show up in the third period. The Leafs. Not really, and uh, it kind of goes back to Babs because he was just playing the mix matching game, and the Bruins were shutting us down. But yeah, I did think in the second period there was some hope there, because that was like some of the best hockey that we played all year. But uh, you know, same result. It's just it's crazy because again, Pasternak didn't even do a lot this series. They shut him down. It was the fourth line at two goals, right? Yeah, Boston. okay, that first goal was bullshit. Nordstrom. Oh, you just squeaked in. Anderson should have had that. And the Corrali goal. I love oh, the individual effort there, but no, that was the uh, Johansson goal. That Perfect was awful. Goal. Yeah, his back really played a role in that, right? The, oh. the excuse is back. Yeah, not his brain, though. Just passing it to the other team. <laughs> but yeah, that was good. Third goal. <laughs> oh, so after game seven, what are the changes you would make to this lineup? I think regardless, there are going to be changes just because of... <laughs> everyone's contracts and the way yeah. things work in sports but you know with, uh, assuming we sign Marner which will most likely be the case it has to happen <laughs> one of uh, I, I think I told you but I don't know if it was you or Chiselli one of Nylander Janssen or Kapanen I feel like are gonna be gone I I am a Jake Gardner fan probably in the minority there but it looks like he's gonna be gone as well so the team's gonna look really different next year yeah okay so you got all this cap space right now. Marlowe's staying. That's six million that you're gonna still have unless you trade them and get creative. Uh, Marner's gonna get ten million dollars probably, especially after this year leading the team. Then you look at their cap space; they don't got a whole lot of it. So they're gonna. I think Kadri's gone. I, he, I, this is two years now where he's putting the team in a position where they can't really use the depth that they have. Five million dollars or so he makes. 30 goal score I think you can sell him now but if you keep him another year I think he's a liability on the team I mean it depends how the GMs look at him I know that he's a former two I think he had two straight 30 goal years but this year I know his role kind of got he was he wasn't a part of the top six anymore but man he had a bad offensive year and then you're going into the playoffs and he gets suspended the whole series like what is that going to look like for other GMs if they're looking at him? It's like, yeah, he's a guy that could protect our top players, but he he's a repeat offender. He gets suspended. He you know he kind of loses control over his mind, and it, like I can't really see him getting thirty goals again. And I, I know that's like jumping to conclusions quickly because he's what like twenty eight, twenty seven years old. I don't see him getting thirty goals again. The league's getting quicker every year. He's not the fastest skater. He does have some skill, but I don't see him being a 30-goal guy. So if the Leafs do end up trading him, I think you have to add in one of the youngsters with him to get like a good... Yeah, you need a defenseman. Yeah, you need you need someone. It's kind of surprising when uh, we, we try to like protect our players, but then they go through the list of fines and suspensions. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this guy's actually ridiculous. Like, yeah. I did not think he was <laughs> this bad. Gets fined every year for the fucking throat slashing oh, and suspensions, but... I'm kind of on the other side of being a liability because I would rather have a player care too much than too little. And he goes about the situations in the worst fashion, but his heart's in the right place. So 
I may give him another chance. I would go after a guy like Wayne Simmons. If you want to protect your players, get someone who's cheaper it's, like that. Yeah, it's just uh, Ryan Reeves. I agree with you, but the again, like the contract, it's like what four and a half. We were saying two years ago that's a steal, but two years ago we didn't have guys like Marner, Matthew. All these guys come up now and they took over. So, I mean, I loved Kadri being that offensive centerman behind like Bozak. Bozak was like more of the shutdown. He still got points, but Kadri was more the offensive guy. But now you have Matthews and Tavares. There's no room for Kadri to put up 30 goals. So I love how his heart is there. He's always had that. He's always had the passion. He did what he went. He went ninth overall, seventh overall, something like that. Top 10 player. I mean, in your draft class, that's not easy to do. But again, you can't be doing that every year getting suspended. I know your heart's in the right place, but at the end of the day, it's how you actually react to it. And there's a difference between being a pro and being a scum. And the stuff that he's done is kind of not good. Like, I know he got need, but you don't go and cross-check him in the head. Literally, right (laughs) after that. Like, right after. And Chara's literally right beside you. Do you want to die? Like, really? (laughs) Chara could have knocked him out right there. But he was a pro, and he's like, you know what? Nah, he'll get suspended. I'm the smarter guy. But speaking of Chara, that hit he did against John Tavares. I swung at him. Was that game six or game seven? I want to say seven. Was I think it was seven. Was it the first period, <laughs> the end of the first? He hit him right in the back of the head and fell. No call, nothing. Yeah. It, it's just, I love, okay, I love this series. It was very close. Where the hell were the refs? All series. Where were the refs? Probably directly behind Char, so you couldn't yeah. see it. So you That's all I so got. Much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there were, I think, the, the crazy thing too with the Leafs that disappointed me, they did not have, the, the Bruins did not have a power play in Game 7. That's one thing that upset me. But again, why are there no calls at all? I know the whole idea and the whole motto of let the kids play, it's playoff hockey, let them play, but... To a certain extent, you know, the game's going to get out of control like it did in Game 1. We saw it. DeBrus definitely got in Kadri's head. And even in Game 7, Chara hitting Tavares, if he called that, that could have been a completely different game. Yeah. So, the boss, the, I don't know, the, the refs at TD Garden? Nowhere to be found. It's like a different league every time we go there. But, like, I think you said it, it was the first few games that set the entire league off. And then that's when, like... Uh, teams were coming out saying like, "Oh, the refs, we apologize for this and that." And they sent out a uh, a formal complaint to, I mean, a formal apology to the Leafs and the Bruins. And then the same thing for the Sharks and Golden Knights. So now oh, let yeah. the kids play. And now that things aren't getting called, it's what the hell? Why didn't you call that? So yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a touchy situation. Yeah, and then they're in a position where. Like, you're looking at the Leafs roster. Brian Burke was talking about it. He's like, they don't like Brian Burke-type hockey where, like, you have the big, aggressive guys. Dubas and Babcock, like, skilled guys. So who are you going to move out? And then you're looking at their roster. Kadri does jump out as a name that you can move out and maybe put Timoshov, Bracco up, save some cap because this team doesn't... You look at their cap, they don't even have enough to buy a Happy Meal. Like, they got nothing. Yeah. Like, what, 30 grand of cap space? Like, (laughs) what are they going to do? The fact that they signed Nick Patan, he could be, like, a cheap option next year. But, man, we can't afford Marner, Janssen, Kapanen, Gart. Like, we can't afford all of them. I would say at least two or three are gone. Tyler. Because I was expecting Marner to want, like, nine but now I'm hearing rumors that he wants like 11.5. So I blame Marshawn for everything. Yeah. When he said 11.5 <laughs> yeah. on Twitter or whatever it was. 
Yeah, <laughs> it was just I don't know what's going to happen with this team. I love Janssen. I think at times he's been better than Nylander, but Nylander is the more proven star, I think. But Kapanen's another guy. I don't want to. I don't want to let go. I don't want to let this guy go. <laughs> I feel like if he goes to another team, he's going to be a thirty goal scorer. That's just my opinion Big with him for Phil. Oh. <laughs> Bring Phil back. It'll give us more problems. Yeah, more cap. More cap hell. <laughs> oh my God, Alino. Are there any uh, other game sevens? Yeah. What'd you think of uh, San Jose? Oh and my Las Vegas? God. Oh, we didn't cover that. No. no. <laughs> oh my God. That was not a five-minute penalty. No, that's it where I'll start. No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh my God! That uh, if there's one one call <laughs> that I can take back in this entire series, it's probably that one because I just feel so bad for Vegas. They they were the game was over. Yeah, like they were. It was three nothing in the third. Yep, it was over. And then uh, you know you see cross checks off of the face off literally every single time it happens. And it was very unfortunate to what happened to Pavelski, and the way it was he, a scary uh, injury. Yeah. yeah, the way he landed and all that. And but like, at most, that's a two-minute interference call or cross-checking call or whatever you want to put on it. But that just changed the entire dynamic of the game and thrilling ending for the Sharks. I'll, I'll give them credit there, but I, I did not like that at all. Yeah, it's just it was one of those moments where I hosted Game Seven, they all left, and then all of a sudden it started getting rowdy in my house. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So I watch, and I saw Cody Eakin got ejected. I'm like, okay, Cody Eakin. Or no, not Eakin, uh, Stastny got ejected. I'm like, okay, what, what, like, let me see. There's blood on the floor, on the ice. I'm like, what happened here? I see a little, so like a lot of people, when it first happened, they didn't see the original play. They just assumed, like, they saw the blood, and they're like, okay, like, this is a suspension. So I feel like that's what the league did. They saw the blood. They saw how Pavelski basically couldn't get up. Yeah. And they're like, okay, this is this is a five minute mate. There's blood on the on the ice. Well, usually when there's blood, that's our that's an automatic major. This guy can't move. I don't know what happened. So I what I saw was he cross checked him, and that's a normal hockey play. Like you said, you see that every face off. He fell awkwardly. I think the jaw um, the jaw protector he had because he did break his jaw. I think earlier in the in the playoffs, something like that. I think the jaw protector hit him and it caused his head to like bleed. <laughs> that was like the flukiest injury. So like you just see him flip back like that. It was a fluke. So here I am. I'm watching this and everyone there that's that was at my house like, oh, oh, that's a penalty. Like that's a five minute. And I'm looking at him like, but he didn't like hit him in the head. It was like literally like a little cross check and he fell. And then all of a sudden the San Jose gets four power play goals. Now you could say what you want about the penalty being bad, but if you're a playoff team and you're up three games to one and you're up three nothing away, you can't give up four power play goals in five minutes. I don't care how how unlucky it is. If you give up four power play goals in a span of, I don't even think it was five minutes. Probably I think not. they killed it a bit. It was probably four goals in a span of like three minutes. You don't deserve to win. I'm sorry. I loved I loved Vegas. I thought they looked great all series. Flurry outshine Jones for most of it. I said on the podcast, Martin Jones is not the goalie for them. Game seven, he showed up in the third period. But again, 
They gave up four straight goals on a five-minute power play. You're not a winning hockey team if you do that. I'm sorry. I find it funny that Vegas also scored to tie it up. That, that, now that, now that. (laughs) That was good. When that happened, I said, this team is either the most unlucky team, San Jose. They're the most, like, they're the, they're cursed. If they lose this game, they are cursed. They're not ever winning a cup. And then, of course, Barkley Goudreau, the guy that played nine minutes the whole game, nine minutes the whole game, comes in fresh, just goes right around. I don't remember who the D was. I think it was Theodore or someone just because they were dead tired. Just goes right around and just scores. And everyone was saying, oh, who is that? Oh, that was the fourth line, Barkley Goudreau. <laughs> and then I think someone said a stat. Logan played 25 minutes. Well, this guy that got the game winner played nine. So the only re I'm not saying San Jose got lucky here. They kind of did with the five minute major and getting four and kind of, it was a crazy game. I loved it. It was so enjoyable. But the fact that a fourth line non-tired player gets the game winner. I don't know if, if, um, what the hell is, uh, I don't know if Peter DeBoer did that on purpose and he knew that it was going overtime. I was like, okay, I can't play any of these guys for like <laughs> 10 minutes straight. You're just going to be there. And then when we need you, you're going to jump on and score. But that series, that ending was wild. Barkley Goudreau, I, I never saw him as a player. But guys, the guy that broke out in the series for me was Kevin LeBanc. Oh, my God. He is the first player in a game seven to get four points in a period. That is insane. So he was on for that entire ruckus. That, that in, he got, well, he got he got the leading goal, the 4-3, and then Marcus Old scored to tie it. And then I predicted, I remember, I looked at everyone like, guys, that guy Marcus Old, he's getting the OT winner, and they're winning. <laughs> and then Barkley Goudreau did it. So I, I think uh, Joe Thornton's rubbing off on LeBanc a little bit. It is. Yeah, he is. I can really tell. But I, I, lo- I love – these games I just love for the – like just love it for the sport, for hockey – but at the same time, when you have controversial calls like that, it could definitely ruin the outlook of the game. Because like we saw after the post game, Marcus Holt was livid, oh, yeah. livid, just blaming the refs. You know, we come out here, we're pros, we work our ass off. And then there's calls like that and it costs us our whole season. I mean, I don't blame them. But at the end of the day, like I said, you're not that good if you allow four goals in a five minute power play. That's all I'm saying. Three one, it's never easy. And uh Finally, you know, I think they're a team that I look at them besides two or three years ago when they went to the finals. I think this team could actually, as long as they could shut down McKinnon, I think they can uh, they can go places. So who do you think is like a favorite right now? Because I think Columbus is a favorite. To me, I still I still think St. Louis is a favorite for me. I think they're the best team in the West. That's my honest opinion. I think when you look at compete level, you look at gamers I mentioned last week. O'Reilly, Shen, all these guys, they're gamers. They come to play every night. Jaden Schwartz had four goals last two games to close out Winnipeg. And Winnipeg is uh they're a pretty good team, right? They're not they're not that bad. So I mean, if the Blues end up defeating the Stars, I would not be surprised if they went to the cup final. But again, if it's like a Blues and Sharks conference, oh my, we're in for a treat. But uh yeah, the East, I don't really have anyone that's, like, a favorite. Right now, I'm kind of on the Carolina bandwagon, so I'm kind of root- rooting for Carolina to go. But I, I don't think they will, though. I want to see Torts lift the cup again. Just with that team, Bobrovsky, everyone, they're all on one-year deals. That will be uh, setting the whole free agency on 
<laughs> just going crazy. But speaking of Carolina, we talked about Game 7 last week. We talked about Justin Williams. And uh, Carolina did the unthinkable, and they eliminated Alex Ovechkin. And uh, Pags, I'm sorry, buddy. You were wrong. Remember when I awkwardly got close to the mic and then said, <laughs> Washington will win this game? Yeah. I am just on fire the last few weeks. It's okay, man. <laughs> this, this, they made a whole second chance bracket that so many yeah. people screwed up. So, But I'm, I'm, the biggest thing with me with this playoffs, there's been a lot of upsets. But if you can compare two teams from this year and last year, Carolina is like Vegas from last year. Yeah. Are they not? They're literally like the exact same. <laughs> I said last year with this guy, I'm like, Vegas is a bottom five team. They're going to get like one of the be- I think I said they would get like Hisher or Patrick last year. I'm like, they're going to get a top end pick. They didn't. They went to the Stanley Cup final. And then even this year, I'm like, Carolina, they're good, but they don't really like they're not a playoff team. And then they came in, <laughs> they beat the Caps and now they're up to nothing against the Islanders. So like, wh- what what's going on here? Like, I love the underdog. I love the last two playoffs have been so much fun. Like, I never thought the Caps would win the cup. I never thought Ovi would win a cup. I never thought Carolina would be where they are right now. I never thought Columbus would sweep Tampa. So this uh, this playoffs has been absolutely crazy. But again, who got the primary assist in double overtime? Game seven. Who got it? Justin Williams. After game seven. I want to pull. What are his stats in Game Sevens? Like, I want to know what his stats are. It's got to be point per game. Seems to do it all the time. (laughs) Guy's a gamer. Um, I have Carolina personally going to the conference finals. Now they're up two nothing. So I, uh, I, I want to say Bruins and Hurricanes conference finals. (laughs) Oh man. And uh, if that's the case, I think the Bruins would probably win that, but. I don't want to say I don't, like I'm I'm right on the Carolina bandwagon. If you told me like three months ago that Carolina would be in the second round, I would call you an idiot. So, how about this? I want to make a bet. Actually, if Carolina goes to the Stanley Cup Finals, you heard it here first. I will buy a Carolina Hurricanes jersey for the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, whose name you getting on it? It would definitely be Aho. Hundred percent. If that was, a, that was a dumb question. If well, well, if, if not him, it, it would have to be Justin Williams. But can't go wrong. But I don't want. No, I'm not going to have Williams jersey. That's just not. You know what though? If uh, if you look at the first round, I think all bets are off. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You, you tell me Dallas versus Carolina in the finals. I'd probably I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I can see that. Just because everything's been an upset. Yeah. Like you say, Honestly. Carolina, Boston. You think Boston? I don't even know. Because like Carolina's been on fire. Yeah, they have. <laughs> Carolina. Oh my God, I can't believe that. That's awesome. But uh, what would you say out of these? So would you say Dallas is more surprising than Colorado, or would you say a little bit. Colorado is more surprising than Dallas? I think Colorado, just because they were a wild card team, like coming in and playing Calgary was playing so good the whole year and. I don't. Dallas has a good like they have good players on their roster. Radulov, Ben Sagan, and Klingberg, and then they have Ben Bishop and that who's proven. But then when you look at Colorado, Grubauer in that, like, it's I think it's a lot more surprising for Colorado, even though their first line is really good. Yeah, I'm with Alino on this one. Uh, 
Colorado most of the year people were like prompting them up as a, a one-line team and how are you going to stop this line and then outside of that they're just kind of you know they're kind of average just hovering around there and you look at the Flames and then they have the one of the best top nines in the league and that stellar defense and Mike Smith had a year and they just collapsed <laughs> well I mean I'm looking so far I'm looking at all the series in the second round and both games in the Blue Jackets and Bruins went to overtime, so that's a typical playoff series. That's what it should be. The Blues and the Stars have been close, and I've watched. I think I watched one game of the three, and I thought Ryan O'Reilly. When I watched him, it was probably his worst game of the playoffs when I saw him. I know. Uh, I think Dallas won that game, and um, I'm pretty sure guys like Spezza and like Rupe Hints and all these other guys were just killing St. Louis, but. Yeah, even uh, last game, Colorado came in the third period and they absolutely killed San Jose with their speed. So if there's one, like if Colorado can beat San Jose, it's because of their speed. And if Colorado can beat San Jose, where the hell do we put Nathan McKinnon among the elites, among the greatest in the game? Because he uh, he has 11 points in the playoffs now. He's second behind Mark Stone and Pat Stretti, but they're eliminated. <laughs> so, like, how many points, if they go to the next round, how many points can McKinnon get this postseason? That's my biggest question. 25, 24, because Rantanen is also going too. So, doesn't he have the same? Yes, he, he has the same. Yeah, same one. <laughs> Every goal they score, they're getting yeah. assists together. I mean, I would not be surprised if Colorado beat San Jose. I honestly would not. But again, like, that would be so funny. Like, imagine a Colorado-Carolina final. Oh, man. <laughs> or, like, a Colorado-Islanders final. I think now would be the year if that were to ever happen. Yeah. Islanders and Colorado final. Canes in five. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, St. no. St. Louis, I think. I don't know. I just don't see. If St. Louis goes to a conference final, I don't see Colorado beating them. But if Dallas goes, then it's a whole nother type of matchup because they match up the same with each other with the speed so i think colorado goes on watch the watch the final four dallas colorado <laughs> and columbus carolina oh, <laughs> awful. Wow. that is awful i think columbus would be the favorite if that were to happen you know those all the wild card teams yeah. all of them <laughs> which is that's awesome that's awesome I don't th- if that were to be the case i don't think that'll ever happen again no but that's why nhl playoffs are the best i love it it's just so like over the years you've seen like usually the first place team wins but like come on this year like every every favorite lost except bruins because the leaves fuck's sakes <laughs> so fuck. one series oh and, no and and uh and san jose they were the higher seed but other than that that's it so like I don't know man I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna stick with my prediction I'm gonna say the Blues and the Bruins are my final but again I'm like I, I, you guys heard it here first if Carolina goes to the finals I'm buying an Ajo jersey that's that's what's happening here oh, should we do you think they can maintain that next year though because I don't think no, they're, no, no. they're next year I don't think they're making the playoffs I, they're a team where you look at them and it's like they have the ability to be great but at the same time they look very inconsistent yeah. like sometimes they're on the ice like I think the only reason why they are where they are right now is because their depth scoring has been amazing. Like Fogle and McGinn and Hamilton's finally showing up and Mrazek's been a rock. So I'm not going to lie. Ajo had a hell of a uh, regular season. Same with Tara Vinen. They haven't done a whole lot this postseason. So 
It's usually the case sometimes. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like the depth guys do more. So that's like Jordan Stahl, Justin Williams, they're veterans, but it's showing that you need leadership to, you know, guide your quest to the cup. So Williams has been there before. Jordan Stahl has been there before. So Carolina has a leadership. I think they could go, but next year it's a completely different, um, yeah. Like it's a completely different season. You don't know what they're going to do in the, who knows, maybe seen as they're doing so well, maybe Eric Carlson wants to sign there. I don't know. Maybe they get a oh. nice free agent. I don't Eric know. Carlson, Carolina. I can't see it. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I think he goes to Vegas. But yeah, uh, Rod Brindamore though, hell of a job coaching this team. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. So he's proving himself. What are you guys finals? I say blues Bruins. I'm sticking with uh, what I said last week, blues and Columbus. I'm going to stick with uh, my Western Conference pick, the winner of the San Jose Vegas. So, so I'm going San Jose and Columbus. Ew. All right. <laughs> this is all over the place. Well, that is it for hockey because I want to end it with that. San Jose and Columbus. Woo. Wow. Bobrovsky. So what is next on this agenda? We have, oh my, Basketball. the NBA yep. playoffs. You guys mentioned how the NHL playoffs, the first round, it was really close. We're going to flip-flop here because almost every series was a sweep or five games. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's the NBA for you. I mean, a lot of people that don't know sports or they don't follow every sport, they will always go to basketball first, and they'll always say that basketball playoffs is the most exciting. Well, I hate to tell you this, but no, it's not. Um, the NHL, at least this year, the NHL playoffs is just... I think I read somewhere where the viewership for hockey is like three times higher this year than it ever has been. So 2016, you could say that the NBA final, like the NBA playoffs was so entertaining with, you know, LeBron beating Golden State and all that. But yeah, man, this year it's kind of like for me, NBA, it's kind of in limbo because like all the best teams always win. It's like, okay, you're not going to see an upset usually in NBA in basketball like if there were, if there was going to be an upset, it was going to be probably Indiana beating Boston. They didn't win a game. It was probably going to be Brooklyn beating Philly. They won one game. Like, so there's not really a lot of. Um, it's very predictable in the NBA. So I love it. It's still entertaining, but at the same time, not even on the NHL's level. What do you think about? Like, yeah, I don't. I, I agree, and I just think the NHL. The only thing they have a problem with is marketing their stars. Because they just it. rely on the team to sell. And then the whole reason why the NBA gets so much viewership is because they know how to market their stars. Maybe, <laughs> uh, like, to get some players out there, like, promote them more. They do, and then the players, too, it's like they don't want to pro- be, like, promoted. Like, ah, eh, don't want to do that. All-Star game, that's eh, okay. Yeah, it's also a lot more marketed, the NBA. That's why I feel like a lot of people are more exposed to it. Like, oh, NBA's on. Like, I'm going to yeah. watch that over the NHL because, like, whatever. Like then you see how much money they make, too, the players. Like, So I'm surprised that NHL don't want to do that, put their players in a position to make like $20 million a year. But I don't know. That's what I like about basketball. They market it so well that even if you don't like the teams, you'll probably watch it for like maybe a quarter or two. Another thing that's different with NBA is the branding of stars. So like uh, Crosby was with is with Reebok. I don't know if he still is because Reebok, I don't even know if they're still – like a major player in the NHL, but when he was branded and like with Gatorade, like it was a big deal, but you see these like ads and these campaigns with like Kevin Durant and 
Anthony Davis and LeBron James and all these guys, and they're putting one big commercial together, and it's like, holy shit. If I wear Adidas, I can ball like Kevin Durant. If I wear Nikes, I could ball like, I don't know, Anthony Davis. Like crazy shit like that. People are actually going into that mentality and buying shoes. Like why do you think people have been buying Jordans for years? Oh, I, I could ball like Michael Jordan. Like Mike. Yeah. So like it's crazy how – the branding in the NBA is just so much higher than the NHL. I think that's why a lot of people just go to the NBA and uh, they watch it. And it really is a shame because the NHL this year has just been so much yeah, fun. and fun to watch. And the NBA, it's been fun too, but no, I have to take NHL. I think in the NHL, there's such a systematic format of we're going to do out and go this interview. We're going to be very professional about it. Yeah. And in the NBA, they dab each other up. It's like wrestling. There's a little bit more creative freedom, and then they can go about themselves, and the, the fans can relate to them personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's basically the main thing here is uh, fan fan interaction as well. I mean, I know in the NHL you have the big boards. Like, you can't really talk to them. You have to, like, yell and shit. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you're, like, courtside, you can literally talk to anybody. You're literally right there. Like, you can literally be like, Oh, nice game, uh, Demar, and he'll literally probably like turn and like just look at you. So like, there's like that brief interaction that you had, and it's like, oh, seeing as I had that interaction, I'll watch the NBA all year now because DeRozan looked at me. I don't know, like it's it's crazy, it's crazy stuff like that that makes people stick with the NBA over the NHL. And like you said, I feel like they can relate a little more with the uh, NBA players and the NHL players. Like even the post games too, like the NBA, the way they talk, like when they answer questions, it's more like. For like themselves, like NHL is like militant. They're like, oh, we played there. We're gonna hit the ball, the puck down the boards. We'll do that next game. Oh, yeah, well, like, thanks for your time. Bye. <laughs> well, no, like that's like the whole like mentality. Like that is the whole. It's become a meme. Like yeah. NHL interviews. Like you know, like the you know, like uh, get in there, gotta play our position. You know, hardworking. This you know, like all like this verbal stuff. It's militant because they repeat it all the damn time. It's literally on a loop. Yeah, you know, we went out there. We played well. You know, we were solid. Uh, three periods, you know, uh, got the puck in deep. You know, we chased. And then, like, for NBA, it's like, oh, how'd you play? And like, I thought I played pretty damn good. I got 40 points. You know, my boy <laughs> over here. Yeah, you know, we played solid. Like, they, they don't care, man. Like, they really don't care. Like, remember what KD said beginning of the – he's like, he's like, you know who I am. I will drop 40 on you. Like – you're not you're not seeing Sidney Crosby like oh I'm the best player I've been the best player for a decade I'm gonna get 99 points and still people are gonna you know say I'm not the best so like it's crazy like do you like when NBA players do that though I think it kind of makes you invested to watch it I, I, I do it brings you yeah makes you care. I do like it as I kind of flip-flop I'm like okay just kind of just sit down because if you lose <laughs> it, you know you'll come back to these comments but at the same yeah. time yeah the personality is is amazing like watch. they're they're humble but at the same time they're cocky as hell like they know when to be cocky and they know when to be humble but like man there's some guys out there that are just cocky all like Jimmy Butler he is a guy, you go in the dressing room, like, yeah, a lot of people say he's a great leader. When this guy goes to the media, oh, my God, man, he is a cocky shit. Like, this guy mispronounced his name, like, the other day. He's like, no, my name's Jimmy. Like, I don't know, how, how do you not know my name? I'm Jimmy Butler. It's like, oh, my God, relax, man. Made a mistake. And then there's guys like Kawhi Leonard who don't talk. Like, it's like, like there's a lot of role models in the league when you look at the media, so like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, those are the guys that you look at. It's like these guys are pros, they're humble. But then you look at guys like, 
You look at guys like uh, Joel Embiid. You look at guys like Ben Simmons. You look at guys like J.R. Smith. You look at guys like Melo. Like these guys go to the media and they literally shit on everyone. And they make it a big joke. Even guys like Steph Curry are like so humble. Like he knows he's the greatest shooter. He never mentions it ever. So, but another guy I, like Draymond Green is a completely different story. Oh, that yeah. guy, oh my God. Shaq was the best at doing that. It's like, no, I don't give a damn. <laughs> it got 40. I don't care. And he just starts swearing on live TV. It's like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the NBA is completely different. But when I'm looking at the playoffs this year with the NBA, like, it's really it's getting to the point now where it's not even a contest anymore. Like when I see a first round matchup, I'm just assuming that you know the higher seed is winning, yeah. and it's getting sad now. <laughs> like, okay, the only one I didn't think would uh, would I thought OKC would be Portland because they have Westbrook who averaged a triple double the third year in a row, and Paul George who was an MVP for most of the year. But like again, Portland won in five games. And that is a cause of concern. If I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm literally evaluating myself and I'm saying, what the hell do I have to do to go to the finals and win something? We've been saying about Ovechkin for years. He has the resume to be a Hall of Famer, but he didn't have that cup. Finally gets the cup. Russell Westbrook, triple-double numbers like Magic Johnson, like all these great guys, Will Chamberlain. This guy has not even come close to winning a title. And this guy's had... Kevin Durant, James Harden, Paul George now. So, like, what the – is Russell Westbrook – like, is he the problem in OKC? Maybe. Because, because you look at – yeah, he had KD, and that was his chance. When KD went to Golden State, that was his chance to prove everyone wrong and say, you know what, maybe KD was the problem. KD goes to the final – well, he should go to the finals. <laughs> finals but, MVP yeah. back-to-back years. He's definitely not the problem. Westbrook definitely not. First-round exit. It's not looking good. Wait, did he actually say he was the problem? No, like you. No, you have to start like looking. No, what Russ did not say he was the problem, but he did say that um, in order to win, we need to reevaluate our team. So like he just excluded himself. He's like our team, like like the like the owners and him. Yeah. So like he put himself over Durant. He's like I like my team. I think that answered all the questions right there, and no one figured that out. Yeah. But I think the NBA. Would you be opposed to them looking at uh, changing their format in the playoffs to make the first two rounds more competitive? Because when you look at it, it really starts in the semifinals. Yeah. It, it really does, and it's it's really sad. I mean, I would have said, like, I was I was raving about the Pistons. Like, if they faced the Raptors, like, I don't know if I'd like the Raptors' chances. But, like, you're looking at them facing Milwaukee, and I think every game they won by 30 points, Milwaukee. And it's like, come on, this isn't even entertaining. Giannis is flexing. Like, he's... He's not even like he knows that he's winning. Same with Boston, man. Like Indian Indiana, I love them. I thought Oladipo has been fantastic. He got injured, season ending, and then Kyrie just comes in, and he has the highest winning percentage all time in the playoffs. No one mentions that enough. That guy's clutch as fuck. They sweep them, and now game one against Milwaukee, they win by twenty two in Milwaukee. Kyrie shuts that. Oh no, well Kyrie got twenty six points. Horford is probably the most underrated player in the league. He shut down Giannis to only 22 points. Mind you, Horford got 20 points. So he basically evened it out with Giannis, who should win the MVP this year. So like like you said, you're right. The second round is when it actually starts and it actually gets entertained. And that is sad because when I look at NHL, the first round is usually like the most exciting because there's the most rounds. A lot of overtimes, usually not this year, but... 
you can't say it hasn't been exciting. I mean, all the underdogs have won. So I feel like they do need to change it because Golden State has had a, a fucking free ride for so many years now. I mean, you look back at like the great dynasties, like you look at the Lakers, you look at the, the Spurs, they actually had some pretty hard first rounds. Like they would win in seven games. Yeah. Nowadays, the eighth seed, you got like, I love guys like Lou Williams and them, but like you're not beating Golden State. I think the fact they won two games on them was an upset. Yeah, like like yeah. I remember the the post game like when the season when the series ended like like Lou Williams and Beverly looked so happy. They're like, "Yeah, like we tried our best. Like how can you not say we didn't? Like we won two games. We won at Oracle, which is crazy. They came back from 30 like they were down 30 and they won. So like you can't really help like I think what started it is the whole super team thing. Like yeah. like the fact that KD Got accepted to go to Golden State. I love KD. I think he's one of the. I think he's the best player in the league right now. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put that out there. I think he's the best player when it comes to playoffs. You know, he he's won back to back Finals MVPs, and he's shown that he could take over a series, no problem. So now there's definitely no LeBron this year. I think KD. This is his playoff to shine, and I think he's gonna be the guy that, like, coming out of this playoffs, you, a lot of people are gonna be saying, okay, is KD the best player in basketball now? And I think. Uh, Giannis has to take a step back right now. I think it's KD's time right now. I'd like to see Kawhi take on Golden State in the final. Because two years ago, the first year that KD was uh, with Golden State, they were playing the Spurs, and then Kawhi Leonard was stopping everyone. And then he got injured. And, you know, the Spurs put them on, like, right at the edge. And then Golden State, with that injury, took advantage. So I'd like to see a fully healthy Kawhi with this Raptors team, what they can do to Golden State. I think it would surprise some people. Another thing I want to talk about quickly with the Raptors is after they lost in game one, I think they really reevaluated their whole season. Like, I think Nick Nurse sat down with them. He's like, we haven't won a lot of game ones in our franchise. Don't let this don't let this bother you. We'll come out and we'll dismantle Orlando. And that's basically what they did from game two on. They killed them. Game one against the Sixers. Kawhi, I think, shot 65 percent. He had 45 points and Siakam had like 29 but then in game two, Jimmy Butler came back and, you know, Philly won. And you know what? I don't mind that loss because it's entertaining. It's a 1-1 series now. You're going to Philly. And I think I think the Raptors, I think they're going to beat Philly. I'm not really worried. But if they don't, I mean, uh, it's a completely different story. But I think it's great for the game of basketball because it's an unpredictable outcome. You know what I mean? Like, you're not – I'm not going out here and saying, oh, Portland's going to kill Denver or Portland's going to go to the – the finals like that's that's not happening because all in our minds we all assume that the winner of golden state in houston is going to the finals am i right yeah like we're all in that same boat where it's like portland and denver they're in the second round yes one of them are going to face golden state or houston but they don't have a fucking shot that's how a lot of people look at it so if philly wins and beats the raptors or if the celtics they're beating milwaukee right now that's good for the game because there's not enough upsets in the nba and that's something that I think the commissioner has to look at and say, we need a little more entertainment in the playoffs. We keep getting the same teams. Like, again, people would have could have easily predicted this final eight at the beginning of the year. Easily, especially in the West. These final four teams have been slated all year to be where they are right now. Celtics, Sixers, Raptors, Bucks. All year. I haven't heard any other team. And guess what? It's the final four again. The only out of these eight teams that I couldn't see going was Portland. 
because of OKC. I've always looked at OKC as a hell of a team, and Westbrook can never close out a series. He got absolutely outplayed 110% by Lillard. Lillard absolutely killed him. And the fact that Paul George had to go out to the media after game, or game five and say that that was a bad shot that Lillard took, guess what, George? It was a bad shot, but it went in, and it ended your season. So you got to kind of tone it down there. And the fact that Paul George went to the media and not Russell Westbrook shows whose team it really is. So I think Russell Westbrook, I think he needs to reevaluate his career because I don't care how many triple doubles you get. I don't care what you do off the court, on the court, for the York for a decade now. But you have no no trophies, nothing to reevaluate some things. You need to get some pieces and you need to smarten up. So I, I don't know. I, I, I really I want to predict a Raptors Houston final because I, I really love Harden sleep on Kyrie Irving, the winningest person in NBA playoff history. I agree. Full effect over here. Oh, he is. And I like it. For the first time in a while, we don't have like, okay, I like DeRozan. Don't get me wrong. I was my favorite Raptor when he was here, but you're comparing DeRozan to, to Kawhi Leonard. in the playoffs, no. especially like it's no contest. Kawhi's a better player. He is. And he's averaging 31.3 yeah. through the first, uh, what is this, uh, through the first seven games. And he's a final 31.3. You talk about DeRozan and then how clutch Kawhi is. In that game seven in the first round, <laughs> oh, man. watching a couple free throws there, and uh, and then Denver goes on. The th- the crazy thing with me was when I did my bracket, I had Denver in seven, but I really, oh, I always kind of thought I'm like, why the hell am I canceling out San Antonio? They have Aldridge, they have Greg Popovich as their yeah. coach, and they have Demar Derozan now, and Patty Mills isn't too bad either. So I'm thinking I'm like. It's in game seven. It's in Denver. Denver's a young team. They don't have the experience. They could crack. But little did they know that DeMar DeRozan, fourth quarter, does his classic ISO, and he costs them the whole season. And um, you could say what you want about Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Those two guys are stars in this league. He was the first person to hit a triple-double in a game seven since LeBron in the finals, Jokic. And in game one yesterday, he had 31 points, 11 assists, and seven rebounds. So he almost triple-doubled again yesterday. So if there's any indication, Nikola Jokic is here to ball, and he is not going anywhere. So um, I love Denver. I think that they are going to be scary in the next couple years. Yes, they finished second, but I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be Portland. No, I don't no, see it. No, Even, but Jamal Murray, good Canadian kid. Good I Canadian like kid, better than be, better than Wiggins. I oh think. yeah, I think right now. Yeah, way better. But yeah, what is your uh, what are you guys' predictions for the finals? I'm gonna go with uh, what you said earlier: Golden State and the Raptors. Golden State Raptors. Let's go. All right, so that's gonna be. I mean, if that's the finals, you heard it here first. Probably not first, but you heard it here. All three of us agree. So. Just remember, this is a big episode because if yeah. Carolina goes, oh, <laughs> <laughs> getting that jersey. But yeah, that, that's crazy. So I just wanted to throw a couple stats before we go to the go to wrestling. KD is averaging thirty-five a game. <laughs> Damian Lillard is averaging thirty-four a game, and then third is Kawhi with thirty-one point three. Now, out of these three guys. Who would you say is the most valuable to their team? 
probably have to go with KD based off the last couple of years with a couple MVP trophies over there. But I definitely I don't know about Lillard just because he hasn't really done it before. Yeah, and this is kind of but, his coming out party. Yeah, the but the th- the thing with Lillard is they've basically. Um, what's it called? They've seen him at, and they've labeled him as a choke artist in the past because he got swept. I know the first time he went to the playoffs, he actually got the dagger in game seven, kind of like what he did in game five. But the two years after that, he got swept. They didn't win a, a, a game. So now he's coming in here. He's averaging 34, 34 a game. And he just dismantled OKC. I think we're looking at a different Lillard here. And I think without Lillard, I don't know if Portland would even – Make the playoffs. What even? I don't even think they would have whiffed two games against OKC if it wasn't for Lillard. I love McCollum, but Lillard is just on a fucking different level. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a toss-up between Lillard and Kawhi because Kawhi Leonard was the Finals MVP before. He shut down LeBron early twenties. Comes in, that Spurs yeah, that was team crazy. was pretty old. Like they're veteran players, but I don't think they would have won without uh, Kawhi Leonard doing what he did. And Damian Lillard, without him, I don't think they're a playoff team even though McCollum's a really good player. But when you look at KD, look who he's surrounded by. Seth Curry, Draymond Green. Those guys have been there, done that. I think Curry's the most important player on that team. And then Kevin Durant. I, I agree. With, I agree. I, I think the most valuable right now to their team is definitely Kawhi Leonard. I think if there was a guy that you need to carry your team in the finals and can, it is him. I think I love Lowry. Hasn't done enough. I love, uh, I love Ibaka. Hasn't done enough. I love... Um, what's his name? Danny Green hasn't done enough. So you Gasol hasn't done enough. There's a lot of guys that you're not you're not getting any offense. So guys like Leonard and Siakam have to carry this team. And if Leonard carries his team, why can't uh, why can't the Raptors win it all? So Siakam's a star though. Like he, he's oh become, my god, they, Spicy P. Yeah, thank God they didn't trade him as part of that Kawhi deal. They gave him Jakob Pertle instead. Oh, instead of, my, oh, you got Pertle. <laughs> we'll take the guy that went 27th overall and keep him. But Pertle's a better player. We'll give you. That's Pirtle. crazy. I, the fact that we gave up him and DeRozan for Lent—that's crazy. Pertle sucks. <laughs> I, we got I don't Green. think he. I don't think he's good at all. But uh, don't tell Eric that. So that's it. I'm gonna go with Kawhi and. Um, we're going to now move on to money in the bank because I have a lot to get off my chest. I know there's a lot of um, question marks leading into this pay-per-view, but I will start off with Becky Lynch versus Lacey Emmons. We talked a bit about it last week. I just want to basically make a bold statement right now. I'm saying that if Lacey Evans wins the Raw Women's Championship, this would be the biggest mistake that WWE makes in a very long time. I'll actually say this is a bigger mistake than when CM Punk lost it to The Rock if Lacey beats Becky Lynch because Lacey is, has not even had a pay-per-view match yet and Becky Lynch has had one of the best runs since Stone Cold. A lot of people are comparing her run to Stone Cold's in the Attitude Era. And if you're telling me that a girl that hasn't been a part of a pay-per-view beats Becky Lynch, like, wouldn't you be irate? Wouldn't you be fucking furious? I would be extremely upset. I think I said that the second uh, the match was announced. But th- this is how I kind of see this whole situation playing out for the pay-per-view. That match will go on first. It'll be like 20 minutes or so. It'll be a tough fight, and Becky will end up winning. And then she'll lose later on in the night <laughs> to Charlotte. To Charlotte Flair. Oh, my God. 
10 titles now when it's 12, 11. But, 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 but my biggest question, again, I have to mention this. Is there anyone else that you could put Becky against on Raw? There's literally no one? You have to give it to a girl that hasn't been on a pay-per-view yet? I mean, if you look at Raw's uh, depth in the women division, no, there really isn't. And when you go through the Money in the Bank match, the participants, it'll it'll really show that there's no depth there. <laughs> well, I, I really pray that Becky retains both because she's red hot. So um, you don't need a title change right now. She just won the belt. I don't care who you are if you're Charlotte. You don't deserve another title. Like you just said, 10 belts already? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's insane, man. Come on. But, you know, another outcome that I think is going to happen too, I like to start off Lacey Evans and Becky, start the pay-per-view. Becky wins. Later on, you have Becky, Charlotte, whoever wins at Women's Money in the Bank, I think cashes in and takes a SmackDown title. Maybe Bailey and turns heel. Would they do that two years in a row, though? That yeah, the, that is true. They did it last year with yeah, Bliss. Because um, Becky's the, is on part of Raw now, that superstar shakeup. So whenever... She loses a SmackDown title, I think. I don't think she gets a rematch. She just goes back to Raw. I, no, like I like I like what you're saying in that. You know what I could also see too. I could see Becky winning both, but like you said, she's so tired. Yeah. And then the Money in the Bank winner just comes in and just. Or they come with the next or on Tuesday on SmackDown and just beat her up. And, but the question is, like, seeing as she has both belts, like which. Because there's only one woman's Money in the Bank, so like, what happens? Do they take both titles? It's like that would be oh, yeah, interesting. That would be Bailey with for, both yeah. titles. Oh my god, I'm in for that. It might be for their. I am in I don't for know that. If it's for their brand or for both, but that would be interesting. That would be awesome. I would titles. love that. And Bailey. then I would just do this to Sasha. <laughs> Bailey two belts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love I love that. I, I think that's a great idea. But um, yeah, Becky has to win. She has to be Lacey because yeah. Lacey uh, doesn't deserve shit yet. So that's what I'm gonna say. I agree. Um, Moving on, we have another random singles match. This is a burial, I think, for me. Roman Reigns, Elias. I think Elias is getting buried here. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say. I Like, under no circumstances, I see Elias winning this match. No, none. I, uh, He's coming off a fresh move to SmackDown, both of them. They kind of, they've exchanged before on Raw, but, like, you're basically promoting the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history. You think he's going to lose his first pay-per-view on SmackDown? No. To a guy that loses every week. All the time. Yeah. So Elias, to me, needs this win, but it is WWE. And Roman Reigns is the golden boy, and he's going to win. And he will be WWE champion in no time. Just wait. (laughs) I think uh, there's another outcome here. Maybe a DQ for Roman Reigns wins a match and Undertaker comes out to challenge Elias because that's a match that's penciled in for the Saudi Arabia show oh didn't even factor that yeah <laughs> so um, they make Elias I mean I mean what strong would they I could see them doing that because they need some publicity for AEW so yeah. I could see Undertaker coming out too it's the same week right yeah. yeah so um I'm not really down for that but if it has to happen to you know um inject more fuel into the storyline heading into saudi arabia i guess i'm all for it but i need undertaker to fuck off i need him to leave forever and never come back again because elias i said it like maybe in episode two or three of our podcasts this guy's a future universal champion and that's not happening he's now he's not he's not on raw anymore so is he a future wwe champion probably not i mean i'm i'm gonna take it with a grain of salt every day but Elias has the charisma that not a lot of others have. 
So that is basically what is carrying him right now. He is on a cliff, and he's like maybe like right here. He's slowly just going down. But I want him to just just stick, stay right there. Don't go down. Just stick there. I know like there's times where he's done nothing, and there's times where he's been in a meaningful feud, but he never wins, man. He never wins. I think a lot of guys, they they always seem to be there. But like they're not actually there. Yeah, like they're like they're in the they're matches, filler. but they're no filler. one expects they're you filler. to be in. Like Dolph for ten years. Oh yeah, another guy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But yeah, up next, uh, I got a rant again. Um, steel cage match. The Miz versus Shane McMahon. Why the fuck do I? Why should I care about this? This has been going on since what? Like November. <laughs> yeah, it's been God. that long. It's, <laughs> it's well, no you, Christmas. Yeah, it started in November oh, where he like made him sad with the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I thought we could be something. He made him sad, and then the Miz looked like he was gonna cry. And then on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, when he asked him to be his tag team partner, and he said yes. And then uh, Vince McMahon said, Shane can't come on and play right now, but good luck with that tag team match. <laughs> it's been going on that long. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> It's getting to that point where, like, The Miz deserves so much better, man, than what he's getting. Like, fuck Shane. Fuck him. I think it it has to end here because yeah. Shane, like, the last few weeks has been getting the better of him. And uh, Steel Cage match, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the Miz has to wreck him, and then we can finally part ways. Shane's jumping off that cage, though. I hope you know that. He's going to do a 450, a shooting start. He's like, something's happened. That's why there's a cage. <laughs> he's going to jump. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's a cage There's match. like a mandatory thing probably in his contract where if he's having a match, he gets to jump off things, and that's probably where they settle. But My biggest Miz question is live. where does he go from here, The Miz, after this? Because he has to kill him. Yeah. Like make, it, like make it look believable that The Miz is the superior superstar, and he is, and he has been. And uh, he's back on Raw. I don't like that, but put him in a meaningful program after this. He usually finds himself in the title picture. I like, don't see uh, it. This is like one of his first times he's not he's in a feud without a title. Yeah. Because he's had like he's he's won like thirty championships. He always seems to be there. So I feel like after this, it's it's finally time to move on. Maybe the U.S. title. Just because I feel like the Universal title right now, you know, they're doing some good stuff with Sp- Seth and AJ. Speaking of the U.S. title, it's probably going to be Samoa Joe versus Ray at uh, the pay per view. We saw it at WrestleMania. That was a squash match, but apparently now Ray is healthy, so I don't see it being a squash match. Do you see Ray beating Samoa Joe? Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't say that convincingly, but uh, <laughs> uh, like on Raw this past week, Joe Joe chokes him out at Mania, and then they do the match on Raw again, and he rolls him up, and then Joe looks all <laughs> pissed off, like. Like, we, we take a step here with Joe, and then we take two steps back. Oh, yeah. Like, I have no idea what they're doing with that guy. So, yeah, I could see Ray winning, and then they just scrap all the plans they have with Joe, and it's it's really disappointing. I know that with uh, Dominic's, like, involvement now, I feel like maybe next week they're going to maybe insert him into the feud, and they're going to have Joe <laughs> choke him out or some shit. You take custody of you? But I don't... I don't <laughs> I don't know if Ray winning the U.S. title now in his career really does anything. So I'm going to say Samoa Joe retains here. I think a Samoa Joe heel and a Miz face for that title would elevate it a lot because the Miz is one of the top faces right now. 
And I think Rod needs that. I think Rod needs a, a program like that. So I'm really praying that the Miz ends this feud with Shane and then inserts himself into this feud with Samoa Joe beating, hopefully beating Rey Mysterio at Money in the Bank. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think they're going to have the match that they were probably supposed to have at WrestleMania because Dominic's now part of it. And I don't see Dominic. I think he's going to probably get involved in this, maybe show what moves he's been learning. Like, that could be interesting. And then, yeah, Samoa Joe wins the match, I think. Yeah, that's my opinion as well. Um, then we're going to go quickly into Kevin Owens versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. You actually mentioned last week before he turned, you're like, yeah, they got to turn Kevin Owens. Like, he's a star. And he, so, finally happened. Does Kevin Owens, does he have a shot or is this not happening yet? I'm going to, I'm going to say he takes it. Uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah, it's over for Kofi. It was a nice ride while it happened, but uh, uh, I feel like this, the Daniel Bryan injury really plays a factor in this because that was the main heel on that brand, and he's been out since Mania. So now there's kind of a gap there for you know a main heel. So oh, let's just scrap everything with had, we had with Owens and turn him heel, and we'll do the feud with Kofi. But yeah, this does work because Owens is best seen as a heel and does his best work, so... I'm going to say he takes it off Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi retains it in Saudi Arabia. He loses it because they probably want that title change over there. But I don't know. When you look at SmackDown, like Kofi, what other opponent does he have than Kevin Owens? Like he can't face Rowan. I don't think Rowan's like ready no, for that type no, of no, spot. No, no. Um, you could have uh, Buddy Murphy come up if you really want to do something different. Like, yeah, they don't have a lot of like heels on. Like there now, but he's, oh, he's in yeah. the Money in the Bank probably. Yeah, he is in the Money in the Bank. Um, yeah, that's the one problem actually with uh, with SmackDown. They don't have a lot of top heels, like top caliber heels. Like it was Brian, he's injured now. Like you said, Brian was running WWE for a while as a top heel. So now that Kevin Owens is back as a heel, you could kind of maybe have that momentum, go back to Kevin Owens, and you could have a top heel running SmackDown again because – now with with Biggie injured, it just feels different. Like Kofi comes out with Xavier, and it's just not the same. And yeah, like I said, when he won the title at Mania, I think he is a transitional champion, and I think he will lose eventually. I don't think he'll lose at Money in the Bank, but um, I think Kevin Owens will win the title before SummerSlam. And I think my prediction going into SummerSlam, you will see Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the belt. Yeah. I think I said last week, too, that Reigns will be champion around SummerSlam time. I feel like whatever happens up until then will be transitional. Yeah. Because I, like, I feel like all their plans are focused around Reigns, and then everything in between is just a little extra candy for you. <laughs> and this, that's what this yeah. Kevin Owens heel turn is for me. Underrated thing, though, for Raw. Like, they actually have some different programs they can go with. Because Sami Zayn right now is, like, just running... He's Everyone amazing. out of the building, just the top heel. Bobby Lashley actually talked on Raw. He's not bad talking to the third person, <laughs> and then the Miz. So the Miz could probably work something with Bobby Lashley or Sami Zayn, a face Miz versus a heel Sami Zayn without a title. That'd be great. Uh, that would be nothing short of great. So yeah. yeah, that'd be something amazing. Different. I actually never thought I would say Sami Zayn would be the heel in that. Never thought I'd say that, but the Miz has definitely turned a lot of heads. He's uh, he's become a lot better in this business, and he's 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 a Hall of Famer. That's easily, yeah. easily he can main event one too. Um, but 
Next up we have is we got to go quick because this is getting long. Finn Balor doesn't have an opponent. Do you insert him in the money in the bank or do you have him face like Andrade? Because I think Andrade is in the – I know tonight they're announcing who's in it for SmackDown, but if he's not in it, isn't that like a big yeah. – it's a big no. Like yeah. I think I'd rather have him in the money in the bank than face Finn Balor. Uh, if, assuming he's not, I will say I'd rather have the singles match just to – because, like, if Finn's not on the card in general, oh, yeah. how does that look for the IC title? Bad. It's just kind of like a secondary It's a bad start. A, yeah. New show. So, like, I'm not opposed to the one-on-one match, and you can give him 20 minutes, and I'll never say no to the Finn versus Andrade. That'll be amazing. Oh, but yeah. We look at Andrade, and we said last week, like, he can be a guy that can really win this thing. So, hopefully they get it right tonight, and <laughs> they put him in the match. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. Be, I don't know. Yeah, so Andrade, if he's in there, what do you do with Aleister Black? You can maybe have Aleister Black and Finn Balor, but that's two faces going at it. I don't think you want to give Aleister Black that match right away. No, I don't like how they announce immediately. Like, there's no quali- qualifying matches anymore. Yeah. It's just, okay, here are the, the stupid moment of bliss segments. And here are <laughs> She's the announcing everyone. In and you're Strowman and Drew and all these big fucking giants. So you know what? For SmackDown, they might have some of the smaller guys. So maybe B-plus players coming up. I like it. I like Ali. Him and Buddy. I like how they're showing their names, but eh, they're going to... I think Buddy, when he comes up, that's a Finn Balor match. I think uh, I think he just mapped it out for me there. I want to see Ali, Andrade, hopefully, Buddy, and Black. Yeah, that would be good. Because those would be four guys that uh, can possibly carry that brand into the future, and you'll really see what they're made of during that ladder match. I wouldn't mind Andrade winning the Money in the Bank. The thing with WWE, they always do it. Right when they win it, they tease that they're going to cash in on that pay-per-view. I want to see Andrade hold it until the end of the year. And then when the time is right, go into Royal Rumble as a WWE champ. I'm sick. I hate when they do that. Yeah. Because it seems like it's every week. They're like, just to remind you, oh, I have the briefcase. Yeah. I'm going to cash it in. To- oh, no, I'm not. And then they keep, like, with Carmella, when she came out and... She beat Charlotte Flair. It was an upset, and that's what they need. They need more surprise Money in the Bank cash-ins. Also, for this pay-per-view, are they doing an NXT Money in the Bank? Is that a is that a rumor? I heard no, because like it's it shows here like that there might be an NXT Money in the Bank match for the first time. Oh, wow, I wouldn't mind that. And who would be a better way to win it? Who would be a better winner than Adam Cole? Yeah. Do you think uh, for that brand though, it would be better to push someone? That's already not at the top of that brand. Okay, so if it's not him, I'd definitely either give it to Matt Riddle or Keith Lee. Those are the two other names that you have to have win. Because, like, I don't know, like, it's either... Um, Maybe Pete Dunne. Sometimes they use the match to, like, boost younger talent. And then sometimes they'll just give it to, like, the main option. or like Yeah, yeah, exactly. Line. That's what I love, though, about Money in the Bank. Like, it's either you're solidifying a superstar and you're making a career, like you did with Edge. That's how it started. Or you're just going to give it to, like, a John Cena or a Randy Orton, like we saw. Or just give it – you could do a back-to-back, like what they did with Punk. I never thought I would see that. So it's – it's ve- they could get very creative or they could be very bland. So, I mean, like, I'm looking at the people in it right now. Like, you have Baron Corbin who's in it. He won it already once. I could see him winning again. Um, Braun Strowman. No. <laughs> I mean I- – the land of giants from Raw. I could I could see Braun winning it, even though he doesn't need it. I could see him winning it. Any but like the guy that has to he needs it is Drew. He needs this. He's a heel. Seth Rollins, like it, he's the perfect opponent for him. 
perfect. Because Seth knows what it, Seth knows how it feels to get cashed in on. He's cashed in on people, and he's already been cashed in on against Dean Ambrose. So, I, I don't. I think Drew McIntyre needs it. I think he needs it. We said last week. I think if it's Drew or it's Andrade, you have to do one of those two guys because they can both run the show, and they're both future guys. But like I said, I see Braun Strowman in this match. I could see Vince being like, Yeah, you know what? We'll throw a curveball. We'll just have the we'll just have Braun Strowman win it. And then they got, that has a he lot of people going. Yeah. Uh, he again. Need it. I think I'd rather have Baron win. Over Strowman, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Because <laughs> well, yeah, like imagine he cashes in, becomes the first to cash in twice and lose. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be, be icing on the cake yeah. for all the shit he's been talking recently. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, like I know that like a lot of people don't like Braun Strowman, like they think he's boring, but like you can't blame him. You really can't. Like, like you know how many times he sniffed the title? You know how many times? Comes up short. Yeah, sorry, man. Your opponent is just Brock Lesnar. He hasn't lost in four years. <laughs> Try again next year. Yeah, like, come on, man. Like, that guy, sh- that guy should at least have two belts to his name. The only problem, though, okay, when you're talking about, like, these money in the banks, if you have an NXT one, I'm just thinking about this now. That could be bad for WWE because the crowd might be so invested in that, and then everyone else would have to follow that match, and everyone might be just talking about NXT instead of WWE. That is true, yeah. That could be, like counterproductive <laughs> so here are the potential smackdown options for money in the bank they have here they have alistair black yeah. ali andrade apollo cruz buddy murphy chad gable finn balor lars sullivan randy orton and shelton benjamin as the main options so didn't mention shinsuke didn't mention rusev where the hell are they <laughs> get rid of that team <laughs> where is shinsuke man come on he was involved in the Owens heel turn, and that's about it. No, I don't even think they know what they're doing with those two. Honestly. It's so sad, though. It really is. Man, Shinsuke could be wrestling Kofi. That would be like, he's a heel and a singles wrestler better than it's, as a tag wrestler. You can have them two go at it. Oh, man, I want to see Buddy Murphy in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I want to see that. I kind of said it when, uh, when you stepped away for a minute. Because Raw has, like, the three giants and, and Ricochet. Yeah. You can have, like, Buddy, Ali, Andrade, and uh, and Black yeah. in it. Oh, high fly. Yeah. yeah, you'll have a bit of both. It's and you know, It'll be pretty sick. Well, yeah, why do you think Kane was in it every year? And Mark Henry was in it a couple times. You need the big guys, Just you know? Yeah. But, yeah, this, this is going to be a fun pay-per-view. I still think Drew needs it, though. I think he needs it the most out of anybody. But yeah, that's it. Oh, the last match we have to talk about before we go. It's it's a dream match. It's it's happening, guys. It's finally happening. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Now the original plan was apparently Seth versus Baron Corbin, but if that happened, I would have boycotted. Like that just I don't want to see Baron Corbin in the main event. Come on. It's probably happening next pay per view then. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. So we're gonna have Seth Rollins versus AJ in a face versus face. If one of them had to turn heel, who are you turning heel and why? I would turn and Seth. And how? Yeah, I would turn Seth. Or the same reason why I said for WrestleMania, because you need to continue on the storyline of Raw with all these good faces and take advantage. But I think WWE would probably turn AJ because a club is on Raw, and they could maybe reform that again and make him a top heel. You kind of saw it on Raw this week when uh, they were going back and forth, and AJ threw the first shot at him. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. I want to say Seth just because I think he needs more of a shakeup than AJ. There yeah. are a few guys when they're doing this the, the same thing for a while. I don't want to say it gets boring or bland, but for a guy like Seth, he comes out, 
He's like, oh, this is ours and we're going to burn it down. I'm like, it's a little cheesy. And like you did, you conquered the beast or the champion. What else you got? Yeah. So I feel like if he keeps going with this baby face, Seth Rollins, I will lose interest very quickly. But uh, <laughs> I'm also going with Seth Rollins. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins turning heel as well because uh, I feel like he's more of the guy that could transition easier into the yeah. heel role. Like AJ really hasn't had any like remorse against Seth. Like he has no reason to really turn. You know what I mean? Like he's fresh on Raw now. The only reason how I could see him turning is making a making a statement and being like, okay, SmackDown was my show. This is now my show. I'm here. It's my show. But I could see Seth easily being like, I conquered the beast. I, you've never been able to. Like, I'm the best. Like, That's actually exactly what he said, word yeah. for word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I've beaten Brock Lesnar. I am the best. I am the beast slayer. I am the universal champion. I am the universal champion's basically first full-time champion in two years. He could do like show me respect like and this is my belt i'm never getting rid of it so a, a, a fresh heel seth rollins that'd be interesting and uh i'm going with seth rollins retaining this yeah i think I aj so though uh he's gonna he's gonna put on a hell of a match this is gonna be i think this could be a match of the year candidate it definitely will be uh, i'm also gonna go with seth retaining yeah <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> but like who uh, before we go off here i just want to ask this one question uh, two more things Who's going to take the belt off of Seth Rollins? That's the first question I want to ask. And the second question is, what do you think of Stomping Grounds, the name? <laughs> hey, the name sounds like a bad movie produced by WWE, okay. starring like Roman Reigns or something. Uh, <laughs> the universal title picture, they should really, they can't make that decision overnight. They should have it on Seth until they have a long-term plan with it. I think I think I know exactly who it is. I think it's Drew McIntyre who's gonna take it off him. So if that's the case, it's just how you go about it. Like I wouldn't take it off Seth. I feel like the I would. Couple months. I think I feel like I would have Seth hold it till Mania. I know like the whole like like uh, the long reigns with like we're used to long reigns with the Universal Title, but not actually seeing them. Yeah, <laughs> but like I, I feel like Seth like holding it for a while would really make him back into that star because remember we said. I think we said like a couple of years, maybe like before 2018 came to a close, we always said like Seth has that ability, but like WWE has never looked at him and invested him as like, you are our guy. Yeah. Like remember at the Rumble, we kept saying, oh yeah, this guy's been like, you know, rumored to win, but like we wouldn't be surprised if he didn't win because they didn't look at him as the guy. So like, I feel like if Seth were to hold the belt till Mania, like you could finally start looking at this guy and be like, holy shit, this is like... This is the guy. This is the guy. You really think they'll hold off on Drew that long, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you can make Seth the star there, and then you could have Drew's moment at Mania. And there you go. Then you make another star. All right. So, I think Drew's going to have his moment before SummerSlam. Either uh, him or Baron Corbin. <laughs> you think Baron Corbin will win the Those Universal the, title? They kinda, oh the my. only thing they teased is because like, during that back and forth with Baron Corbin and Drew... Like, Drew was saying, like, yeah, you're going to throw me out the ring again and just take my win. And I think Baron Corbin, if they do, like, a triple threat with Rollins, Baron Corbin is going to take Drew's win again and take the title and break every week yeah. as a guy that retired Kurt Angle and beat the Beast Slayer to take his title. I actually love that. That's a lot of heel heat right there. But then you have to, like, turn Drew face if you do that. No, you can't. 
That's like one guy I feel like if you turn him face, his career will slowly fade. Yeah. Like, I don't care how, what you look like. I don't care if Vince keeps saying you're the, he's, you know, don't worry, you're my guy. Like, I love you, Drew. You're, you're, you're the guy. We brought you back for a reason. If he turns face, there is not a lot of versatility with him as a face. I'm sorry. Like, I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, you tell me this guy's going to come out and fucking be with the fat. Like, no, this guy is either going to be a tweener, which means, you know, what a tweener, it's like basically what punk was. Like he comes out, but he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't like crave the crowd's attention. So I think if Drew were to turn face, he'd have to do that. He'd have to be the silent badass. If he's not that, his career is going to be in jeopardy. I think that's the only option. I would love to see that actually. Just the silent badass go out there and do your job. Yeah, that's that's what I think he would do to a heel Seth Rollins at Mania. I I feel like that would be a perfect... uh, in a perfect world, that would happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but I w- how about this? Would you love to see a heel Seth Rollins as universal champion going into WrestleMania next year, taking on a face WWE champion Roman Reigns for both belts, kind of like what we saw last Ooh. this year? I mean, the match would be really good. They have great chemistry together. I know that's Roman's dream match at Mania, like to main event with Seth Rollins. That's what he said. So not The Rock? No, I think The Rock's penciled in. <laughs> I don't want so the Rock. Florida, I think the Rock's gonna like do with Roman Reigns the favor and give him the rub. Fuck off. Part time yeah. shit again. Yeah, I'd be down for that though. Yeah, It'd that's that's something that I. But like I, I agree with you with 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 this pay per view coming up, they need to start doing a long term plan because the booking in WWE sometimes, wow off it's like one guy gets hurt our whole fucking plans yeah. get derailed and we have to change everything like that's also the thing like we i didn't even talk about the women's and we're already like at like an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> like fuck man like there's so many options like you said there's no depth if you give dana brooke a money in the bank briefcase what the fuck does that do for your division i don't care what she's done like the transition i don't care how much weight you lost i don't care how much better you've gotten i don't care how many somersaults you do in the ring like, you're going up against guys like Charlotte Flair. I'm sorry, Dana. You're not even in the same universe. You're not even close. So, like, I think I think Sasha Banks needs the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think uh, her or Bailey, one of the two, need it. Are there two more weeks before Money in the Bank? Yeah. Yeah. Or three. Oh, yeah, two or three. Either way, the Raw before Sasha's going to come out. She's going to beat the shit out of Dana and take her spot back. <laughs> I think. I think she. I think yet. she is. She should come back as a heel. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. Well, that's it for this week. We talked about a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, guys, make sure to uh, follow us on all our socials and make sure to watch episode twenty-seven next week.